Recording in progress. All right. This morning we are starting where we stopped last week. All right, we need reflection from last week, please. Reflection from last week. show it off you know they respect their family's wealth 
and they respect where they are coming from. But the rich who just become rich overnight, they are very disrespectful and dishonorable. And so those are the ones that find themselves in trouble all the time. And then you find also that people who come from very rich background, the older generation, they are very respectful. But that has come down to the younger generation not knowing what their parents went through to gain the wealth that they have. They are the ones that become spendthrift and very rude. And so it, it goes to show that even in Christendom, that the richer we get in Christ, we must be very careful how we handle that which God has given unto us. And, and, and instead of us becoming proud and, and unruly and, and, and teachable, we, 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 we should remain humble. Amen. And, and um, the word says that um, uh, meekness is not foolishness. You know, um, meekness doesn't mean you're stupid. It means that you, you have the wisdom and the fear of God in you. Amen. Amen. Jesus was born in a major, and thank God he did, because maybe people like me would not have had a chance. You know, um, he, he, he was born in, in a major, though he came from great wealth. And he showed us that what the power of wealth can do and that we should not despise others regardless of our situation. And I think God did such a, such a, such a great thing when he brought among pigs and cows and goats, because had he born in a castle, you and I probably would not have even <laughs> met him. You know, so I just thank God for who he is, because today people in castles, you cannot approach them anyhow. So I thank God for that, amen. Amen. So when we come to present Christ, we should not emphasize on our failure. And um, we should not bring attention to ourselves or highlight our weakness. But before I said, this takes away from what you're trying to present to, to others. Amen. And you made an example of like you may have on a torn dress that probably nobody knew that your dress was torn. You understand me? And um, because you know that it's torn somewhere. The fact that you highlight it now, all I'm going to try to be looking for is the tear on your dress. I'm not going to be listening to your message. You understand me? And I'm going to be looking and say, but where should the dress tear? Not tear on your dress. You understand me? So I won't stop looking until I find the tear. And when I find the tear, that's my attention. You understand me? So that makes so much sense, you know? So sometimes just go realize that you are we are we are sort of compromised, but at that point realize you have to lean on Jesus. You understand me and just go forward. So that was very important. Um, but you know sometimes we do falters. We are human beings. Amen. Amen. Um, and you know she said something. Um, she said she went to when she was. Um, when she and her husband was about to get married and they were giving their wedding their, their ring, she said they went to this place where this Jewish man was. And um, there was a couple that wanted to buy a very expensive one. Of course, you know, when you're in love, you want to buy the hugest rock that there is. You understand me? 
Um, it's a lot of times they put the, the woman's finger in jeopardy, you know, somebody may want to keep the finger to get the ring. But then um, <laughs> she said that um, the Jewish man, you know, gave them wisdom. You know, he said, you're just starting life. Marriage has not yet been tested. It has not yet been proven. He said, usually when somebody comes in to buy a blue rock or a red rock, or a black rock, whatever rock it is, you know, they have gone through some tests and some trials. And that is just so very important. That's something that we all should take, take with great heart. And say so that I remember in Jamaica, there was this couple that was celebrating their 56th to 20th anniversary. And I remember when Mr. Anderson and his wife came up and said, don't think that it has been all rosy. He said, it's not the easiest thing to live with me. You understand me? My wife has gained wisdom over the years to live with me. He said, had it been just me and her, we would have parted a long time ago. But God kept us together because he said, I'm not the easiest person to live with. He said, I have, I have great flaws. I have hurt this woman in some serious ways. But she has stood by me. And she, she has kept the marriage going. So I realized that in marriage, somebody has to be a fool. Somebody has to be a fool. Somebody has to be willing to really submit themselves and to say, God, take the wheel. Because if we both go back and back, you know, at, at the same time, you can't hold anybody. So sometimes people will take their leave. But just make sure you're not the one that messed up. You know, even if you were the one that messed up before, allow God to fix you and let God fix the rest. So Pauline, that was a good, good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. And I hope this morning you will do that reflection. Yeah, the people are not here. That is why when you look at the Bible, Everything that was said once was repeated again. Everything that was said once was repeated again. Because we forget. We don't remember. Thank you, Nia. Any other person, please? No, if we were sharing food, you wouldn't say somebody has eaten so you won't eat. If we're sharing money, we dare not fall short of a dime. So everybody is sharing what they learn. Somebody may say something that she didn't say or that somebody else didn't hear. Yeah? Who? Where is the microphone? When you were speaking about the ring, the blue diamond, and you were saying that um, um, when you just get married, you know, to start out with uh, you know, like a big, big, the diamond ring, and you think that's much money you see, because of it, that's 
Amen. Amen. Shall we? Shall we love the sincerely? Thank you. 
Amen. Amen. Shall we appreciate for the... <laughs> hey, she. No, you haven't spoken. Give it to her. Amen. Use the microphone. I uh, I believe that uh, in order for us to be have a quality lifestyle, a quality lifestyle, a spiritual lifestyle, we must have the ability to follow Christ and what He wants us to do. So whatever He's telling us to do, it must be clear, honorable. Uh, 
Rochelle, what did you learn? What did you take away from last week? Give her the microphone, please. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's good for everybody to remember something. One thing about uh, about retentive memory. Sometimes you think you will remember. You are you don't remember until you are tested. You don't remember until you are tested. I said something last week, and then uh, for whatever reason, I displayed that same thing. I said, when you stand before congregation, either you want to sing or you want to preach, don't tell them what is wrong with you. How many of you remember that? Okay. How many of you remember that I did something similar? No. Yes. Uh-huh. What did I say? <laughs> okay, who else? Yeah, sometimes there is a place of explaining something that has happened. When you stand before people, they have expectation. And uh, whatever you say that does not fall in line, they distract their mind, their thoughts, and their expectations. So you find out that people will now start thinking, and what happened was that uh, the previous week, my laptop slided and broke. And I have already prepared all my messages on that laptop. And I made a mistake. I was rushing and did not email the message to myself. So now that that laptop is broke, I can't retrieve the messages. And so I now went upstairs and quickly 
remembered some of the message and put it together. And I emailed the message to myself, not knowing where I was charging this iPad at home. I was rushing out and I forgot it at home. And I didn't realize it was not in my bag. The broken laptop is what I eventually brought to church. So now I stood there and I was beating the laptop. And I realized everybody was looking at me. So I was trying to explain. Then I realized, oh, no, I'm not supposed to do that. Everybody will start sympathizing with their laptop, broken laptop, instead of message. I brought it out this morning. Though I know people did not pay attention, but these are this is how sometimes we don't realize what is happening. Okay. And so this shows that when we say reflection, what was happening is that the reflection was reminding me about my notes. If there was no reflection, I wouldn't have remembered my notes. Because usually I should review my notes before I come. But I couldn't review my notes because the laptop was not opening. But for the church main message, I went upstairs and that one too. The, lap the laptop was not opening and I have forgotten this iPad in the house. So this is to, to, to let us know that there is no perfection anywhere. But for the reflection, I would not know what message it is. I have an idea. And thank God I write on the board. Looking at the board, I remember some of it. So when we reflect, we might not say everything, but one thing is you bring somebody to a place of remember, remembrance. And it helps. Are you getting me? So reflection is very important. It's not how much of what you have to say, but the fact that you contributed. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you eat, the people who come and clear the table are expecting tea. It doesn't matter how much you're giving them in tips. Whether it's $1 or $2, by the time 50 people walk in there and each of the 50 persons give a tip, that woman will go home with how much? $50 in addition to whatever salary she was going to pay. When you go to a hotel and you are leaving, the people who clean the room expect you to leave a tea. 
Now, when you don't give a tip, they get angry and they report it to the, 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 the front desk or to the manager that every time this lady comes here, she doesn't give us tip. I went to a conference and uh, we had used the same place often time. And uh, they told the organizer of the conference, the host of the conference, to announce to Razat, church people don't give tips when they come here. And some of us responded, they also don't give offering to the church. So you can see everybody wants church people to give them offering. But when we are at the program, they come and stand and dance, but they don't bring their offering. Are you getting something there? So everybody remembers what they want to remember. But what is important, people don't remember. So something causes us to remember something. And that is why the illustrations are necessary to make you to remember what was taught. All right? So I like the fact that uh, Sister Andrea at least held on to something. And that is to the ring. So when she's, whenever it happens that she's going to get her wedding ring, she remember that, hey, we have been told, don't spend millions of dollars buying a wedding ring when the marriage has not started. You know, recently there was something in the news, though it was just a flash and then they didn't repeat it so much. A lady bought her wedding ring for a million dollars. And uh, she was paying, she was on payment plan. And, um, and the marriage is already gone, divorced. And uh, the owner of the ring, uh, the, the owner, uh, the, the, the seller of the ring is looking for his money. And it got into the media. And the media mentioned, it said, by the way, so-so-and-so person is also owing on the ring, although the marriage is over. So this is where we don't want to go. Quality life, quality marriage, quality relationship is not built on an expensive ring. It's not built on an expensive wedding gown. It is built on character. So we should bear this in mind. And this morning, we will quickly look at another 
aspects of the garden of knowledge, which is discipline is wealth and prosperity. Discipline is wealth and prosperity. How is discipline wealth? And how would you explain that discipline is prosperity? You know, when I came to this point, it was very tough. Why is the Lord telling me that discipline is wealth? Why is the Lord showing me that discipline is prosperity? Where will I get this information? But God has spoken. So I have to listen to the God who has spoken to show me how discipline is wealth and how discipline is prosperity. And by the way, what is the difference between wealth and prosperity? Very challenging questions. One, Discipline is wealth because discipline provides instruction. Instruction for wealth. How does discipline provide instruction for wealth? Like we mentioned last week, maybe you have never seen a thousand dollars before, especially in cash. Maybe in savings, in a period of two years, you are able to save $1,000. If your salary is not up to $1,000, and you have a whole lot of bills to pay, standard bills, your rent, your utility bills, when you put them together, you realize that, so every month, the totality of your bill is about 2,000. But you don't see $1,000 in your hand. How are you able to raise 2,000 to pay your bills? And that is where you start realizing that you have been suppressing a lot of things in your life. You have been living on payment plan in your life. You have been managing everywhere. And then you realize that, actually, I don't eat so my belly is full unless I go to a party. I don't get to eat what I like so much unless I go to somebody's party and they serve that meal. That is when I'm able to eat this and eat it and even have a leftover to take to my house. But to say I have a thousand dollars in my savings is difficult. Now, this is where you start realizing that discipline was what was helping you to pay your rent. Discipline 
is what was helping you to even have the savings. So the day a thousand dollars land in your hand, you don't rush to the store to start buying, replacing all your dresses, replacing your anything you need to, but rather you are guiding that money against the rodents, spiritual rodents, spiritual insects, insects, sorry, spiritual insects, the thief, the robber, imagination. So you know, you will either refuse to tell the closest person to you that I just got a thousand dollars. You are afraid they will help you to spend the money. You are afraid they will start reminding you of what you can do with your money. So you are, even to the bank, you are afraid the bank will also charge you interest. <laughs> so here you find out that discipline will start speaking to you. Discipline will say, listen, Save for a rainy day. Now, let me give a typical instance on my part. When we wanted to purchase this building, any money that was coming to me, I was saving. I wouldn't even spend money to buy a barrel of Coke. It's not that I wasn't saving money. My books were selling. I was traveling. But when money comes to me, I don't see all these dresses. No. The two or three dresses I have was good enough for me. Because I wanted to have a place of meeting. I saved every dime in my life. And the same thing, when I was going to, after that, and we have to move in and set up and everything, then I realized that if we didn't have money, I wouldn't have been able to move into this building. And the same thing when I started saving for my house. Every dime that came into my pocket was very important. Unless when I want to do something for God. When it comes to paying the bills and everything for my house, that's one, I couldn't save the money. Even if I save the money, the bills have to be paid. So if you have never come to a place where you have to save every dime in your life, thank you. <laughs> it's reminding me to tell everybody that what pays the bill in this house is my personal money and it's not tight and offering.
thank you, Lord. It's like is well-dressed, it comes to the tithe and the offering. Everybody thinks that whatever the minister of God is doing is because of the congregation. They don't realize that some of us are hard workers, that we work. I may not be working somewhere else, but I have a way of working. Okay? I teach, I counsel, all right? I sell books. All right. <laughs> I mean, I used to have a bookstore. All right. <laughs> but now I don't have the bookstore, but I sell, you know, you all know, you all, you all buy my books. <laughs> and that is how we survive. <laughs> so, you know, when wealth comes and we don't know how to manage it, it disappears. You know, a lot of times I will see people who are homeless. I look at them and I see wealth in their life. There was a woman that used to stand at the corner here and smoke. Now I don't see her again. If you see this woman, very tall, beautiful, even if you see the way she walks, you realize that this woman was once upon a time in wealth. What happened to her? Was she ever in a church? At what level was she participating in the church? You know, some people are in church, but they are not in church. They come to church, but they're not involved. They come to church, but they don't listen. Just like this one I said, let everybody speak. There is one word that you heard that will change your own life or change somebody's life. You see, and this woman stands, and the way she stands and she smokes and she be swinging, and constantly I'll be seeing it. And I started praying and say, there is something that is bothering this woman. Is it that she lost the building or she lost something? What is wrong with her? You know, once upon a time, there was this man too that would stand at that junction on 218. And we'll be picking food from the garbage. And um, I didn't know who he was. Son, one day I was working with somebody and said, Do you know that guy? I said, He said, Look at him very well. I said, I don't know. He said, He doesn't look like somebody you know. I said, No. He said, That's a medical doctor. 
I said, excuse me. They said, that's so so and so's brother. A medical doctor. Said he was one of the wealthy men who helped so many people. Whatever went wrong, somebody sued him for a baby or a child or whatnot or whatnot. And the story is very interesting that there are these workers that can rape a medical doctor and put him in trouble. Or he himself was also loose and was sleeping with all these ladies on the job. And none of them made babies for him. And none of them are going to court for child support. And those who will lie against him, lied against him and messed up his life, messed up his family. We are talking about discipline his wealth. How many people were suing him from the job? And in the process of it, maybe his wife also kicked him out. And it affected his mental faculty. So I learned he had home, he had a home, he had houses. He lost everything. You see, people don't know the meaning of Sunday school, they don't know the meaning of Bible studies. You can do four or five jobs. If you don't give God his time and you don't fight your life for God. One day you realize that your bank account has become zero because the court is deducting child support. Then you realize you are owing on taxes even if the house is paid off then you realize you are in a place where nobody want to be part of you. Those you call your friends don't want to identify with you again because you are no longer wealthy. What is wealth? Wealth is the possession that you have. that has value, great value. Wealth is abundance of possession. You have two, three houses is wealth. Because houses appreciate. You have three cars, it's not wealth. Cars is not, it's not, a car is not a wealth. It's a possession, but it's not a wealth. Why? Because it depreciates. 
So the difference between a car and a house is that a house that you bought for $5 yesterday by this morning can become $50. So when you are investing, it's better you invest in things that appreciate. Even if that house is broken, it will still appreciate. But a car, once it leaves the shop mat, within five minutes, it has lost value. Just like the, 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 the man selling the jewelry said, said, if you buy a wedding ring for $1,000, when you have not yet tested the marriage, he said it's useless. Because when you bring it back, you will never get it, not even half of the money you paid for. He said, but if your marriage has gone 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and you buy $1 million ring, it's worth it. So, wealth means valuable possession that does not depreciate. Don't forget, valuable possession that does not depreciate. Land does not depreciate. House does not depreciate. And especially if you have the river or the land, oh, the river causes the land to appreciate. That is why homes by riverside or homes by seaside Despite the storm and the waves, they will always have appreciation. They don't divide. They appreciate. Now, what is prosperity? Prosperity means river flowing sources. I use the term river flowing sources means progressive sources. Sources that moves you from one level to the other is prosperity. That is why our declaration in this house says, long life, good health, and prosperity. Because prosperity is something that can become an inheritance. Prosperity is something that can become a legacy. Prosperity is something that can flow from generation to generation. However, prosperity needs discipline in order for it not to become poverty. Because poverty is always crawling around prosperity. Insects, termites, 
rodents. They crawl around prosperity. So if you are successful today, don't boast. Don't become proud. Don't become insolent. Don't become arrogant. Because the thief is around. The robber is around. The destroyer of destiny is around. They come in the form of envy, jealousy, strife, hatred, oppression, suppression, depression, confusion, rejection. That is why we need discipline. Why do we need discipline? Discipline gives us wisdom. What kind of wisdom? Wisdom to manage our prosperity. You know, I went to school with certain guys who were A students. Excellent. And sometimes some of them are very arrogant because they are always A. And their names are posted on the board as A students. So they don't need God. Pride is what they needed. You know, I went to London and find some of them, and I was so sad. Because the pride of A students is not the same as the pride of paying school fees. The pride of being an A student is not the same as the pride of maintaining your life. You know, in Western world, US, London, you find a medical doctor becoming a sweeper. A medical doctor doing a job that in Africa and everywhere, he's paying a house girl, a houseboy, a maid servant to keep. And then now he goes to Europe and become a sweeper. And become a house girl and a houseboy. Or come to America and becomes a houseboy and house girl. But when you see people also who have scholarship, who went to school practically on government scholarship, because they are good A students. And now when you are expecting them to be serving that government that helped them, to pass on the baton to other people, they abandon that government, went abroad, and possibly got scholarship to go abroad. When they finish their program, they stay on, they don't go back home to say, government, thank you. I'll use the wealth of the nation that you have invested in me 
to help others. No. Then you see them willing, struggling. They can't even travel back to where they came to go and give the family a pride of a house, of a car, of a good environment. All those who supported them, they did not go back to appreciate. Appreciate. How do you think somebody else will get that kind of opportunity? So this is where discipline needs, uh, wealth needs discipline in our lives. Discipline to think that what I have, who will carry it on? What I have achieved, who will maintain it? What will be the evidence that I was ever helped in this place? What will be the evidence that there is a good thing in this house, in this place, in this town, in this country? So when we lack discipline, we don't think of passing on the baton of wealth. So in certain families, you will hear them say, old money, which means that somebody wise, who was wise, preserved wealth in the family. And everybody comes and wants to eat from that wealth. But how many of them are thinking of preserving the wealth so that the wealth will appreciate for many more generations? But rather, what you find is the people that come to enjoy the world play stupid. They end up going to jail. They end up fighting and quarreling. They end up suing those they should not sue. They end up a lot of misbehavior. So you find out that the children of the affluent, very few of Children from affluent home knows the meaning of discipline. Because they got everything they wanted. Just like now, you see a lot of children, parents buying toys worth $2,000 for children. When they break it, before they break, they get another one. So the child does not know the value of the money you spent on the toy. Give an iPhone to a little child so the child can see good pictures. And when the child gets angry, shoom, through it. One day I was in the train. A mother gave her iPhone to a crying baby. This child almost threw the, the, the almost broke the, the, the glass in the window, one of the windows. Shook it up. The man standing there dodge. The mother went and took the phone and the child, 
Nobody could talk. The child is still misbehaving. Whether you give the child the phone or not. What kind of foolishness is that? And the little boy said, Mommy, don't give it to him. You just bought it, you know? You just bought the phone. Don't let uh, a media or whatever spoil the phone. The mother said, don't worry, we'll buy another one. That kept all the train. Boom. And this child was disturbing, crying, screaming. Oh, my goodness. From one eight-year street to Dyer Avenue. I was like, so this small child is controlling the world of the mother. You take back the phone, he's screaming. You gave it to her, she's screaming. She almost broke somebody's head in the, in the, in the, in the train. And you think you go scot-free? So when we don't know the meaning of discipline, we'll be thinking evil about discipline. But discipline means you know the meaning of correction. Discipline means you know the meaning of what? Correction. Because discipline is correction. And salvation is what? Correction. correction. <laughs> salvation came to correct our lives. To take us out of darkness into what? Light. All right. So the difference between prosperity and wealth. Wealth is a possession that has value and has opportunity to appreciate. Prosperity is a running success. You can run out of it or run into it. So without extra effort, success can become failure. That is why if somebody has something good and they don't maintain it, tomorrow they may not have it. So prosperity is like a vehicle, like a car, okay? So long as you are servicing it and maintaining it, good. It works. The day you stop maintaining it, the success of buying a car becomes legabens. Now, <laughs> like events, <laughs> it's no more messages. <laughs> it's like <laughs> All right. So, any question before we go? Any question? The microphone, please. No, we, we need we, people now online. Yeah, you need 
discipline for your wealth to be maintained for life. Generational blessing for your wealth to become generational blessing. You need discipline to maintain your prosperity. Because if you don't have discipline, you can prosper today and be poor tomorrow. Have I answered you? Okay, any other? Any other question? Everybody's good. All right. Okay, let's pray. Bow down your heads and let's pray. Pray for yourself that this knowledge we are gathering at the Garden of Knowledge will help us. Sunday is Garden of Knowledge. Tuesday is Garden of Wisdom. Yes. That's every knowledge we gather in the Garden of Knowledge. Would take us beyond ourselves. Would take us into eternity. Would take us into eternity. And when I say eternity, there are things you do that after you have passed on, you'll be remembered for all the good that you did. And the good that you did will become like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters, bearing fruit in season and out of season. A man was crying on TV because they have invested so much into properties and so on in Ukraine. And all has been flattened. The documents, everything that can, has to go to the bank is gone. Everything is gone. How are they going to retrieve with the snow destroying everything too that has been destroyed? How would they retreat? May we not be at the wrong place at the wrong time. That is why discipline is very important. Father, this morning we have come to the garden of knowledge because you are the God of knowledge. You are the God that teaches the great teacher, Rabbi, who gives us wisdom to live each day at a time. Who gives us wisdom to ask for instruction and direction. We give you the praise and adoration. We magnify your name and we exalt your name. Thank you, Lord, for what you will do and for what you have done.
Father, give us retentive memory to remember and to make your word applicable in our lives. We commit today's service into your hands. Take over and let your light shine upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning.